It's time to make the dough rise, the financial podcast with Brian Doe. Welcome back for another edition of Make the Dough Rise. Walter Storholt alongside Brian Doe, certified financial planner at Livingworth Wealth Advisors, serving you in the Lake Country and beyond with an office in Greensboro, Georgia. Find us online at livingworth.com. Brian, great to be with you on today's show. You ready for another great episode? Just uh, trying to stay cool here in the summer heat, but uh, yeah, got lots of good information to share. Yeah, I think today's show will be fun. The inspiration for today's show is uh, twofold. One, we're kind of playing the game that we all played when we were kids. And you'd ask your friends, all right, if you had a million dollars, what would you do? And then, of course, we all know the Bare Naked Ladies song that came out, uh, it must have been, was that early 90s. 2000s? Or was it 90s? Was that uh, 90s? I want to say 90s, ladies? but maybe early 2000s. Yep. So, uh, oh, actually, you know what? It might have been even 80s. I'm, I'm looking it up online. and it, yeah, uh, the, the, the original song... Uh, so just real quick story. When I was recruiting international students, I was on a boat in the Swedish archipelago up in near Malmo and I was with a bunch of kids and somebody had a guitar and they started singing, if I had a million Krona, (laughs) a million Krona is not the same as a million dollars, but it still gets you pretty far. So, uh, they, they were having fun with it there too. So it's global in nature. That, very cool. Well, we all, we all know that song. If I had a million dollars, I'd buy you a house. I'm not going like, to fully try to sing it. <laughs> I'd be rich. I think my favorite part of that song, by the way, is when they do the, uh, I'd buy you a K-car, a nice reliant automobile. <laughs> <laughs> that is. And, and I don't know why. That, got, that always gets me. Yeah, my, my generation would understand what a, what a K-car still is, but... Um. The, the new generation probably missed out on that uh, that variety of Chrysler. Yeah, I think I'm at the very tail end of anybody who would uh, who would maybe get that one. That's for sure. But I just even just the nice reliant automobile part I like. But yeah, yeah. In in any event, we're using that song and that idea when we were kids. That dream you would have of if I had a million dollars, what would I do? I'd do this, and we'd all have different answers for what we would do. Well, it's interesting to reanalyze that idea and that thought process of someone who is getting into retirement and may actually have that million dollars saved up from years and years of working, and they can actually answer realistically that question of, what they do. I have a feeling that the answer usually, Brian, is not going to be like some of the suggestions in the song about buying llamas and emus and, you know, buying love and a Picasso painting and some other things that they talk about in there. Uh, But on today's show, we're going to talk about what really are the options for somebody who has, you know, a million dollars or so and is looking to retire with the common responses that you get and then, you know, where you literally take people down that path as part of the planning process. Yeah, and I think what we're talking about here is not that if I won the lottery or if somebody just dropped a magical million dollars in your lap that you got to blow, although maybe a Picasso would be a good investment. I I don't think anybody's done poorly with that, but not a very practical investment. And if you've got a million dollars and you're trying to generate a a reliable income stream in in retirement, these are odd times. There's a lot going on that conventional wisdom and rules about stocks and and bonds and and CDs and things like that make it really hard to actually achieve your goals. So uh, yeah, I I wanted to explore the problem of the current environment and then offer a, uh, a solution that I think 
might be applicable or at least worth exploring as an alternative or an option. I think it's important, yeah, and, and it's a good distinction too. Uh, we're talking about people's you know hard-earned life savings, not uh, winning the lottery. If we won the lottery, then maybe we would look at getting a nice Chesterfield or an Ottoman. I'm just going to drop lines from the song throughout the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, make, I'll make a list and uh, I'll, let, I'll let you know what my uh, choice is at the end. <laughs> Very nice. The Reliant so, is is t- at the top right now. The the automobile, yes, absolutely. So yeah, so what what do those conversations usually look like, Brian? And um, you know, what's on people's minds in terms of concerns, and then the directions that you need to kind of uncover and lead people in. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, someone coming in, you you've got maybe a pension, or if you're claiming social security, all all of those things are still sources of income. But the traditional sixty forty. Uh, stock and bond mix, or you know, maybe having a little more bonds as you get older for for safety and security. Well, we are in this crazy interest rate environment where bonds are are paying very very low rates. And the thing that you have to be aware of, and and uh, Leon Cooperman's my talking head on CNBC that I love to quote. He's he's a billionaire and and uh, fund manager and and longtime denizen of Wall Street, but he has started referring to bonds as return-free risk. And that's a play on the idea of treasuries being a risk-free return. It's a risk-free asset that's giving you a positive return. Well, now, if you put money into bonds, if rates were to go up even a little bit from these very, very low rates, and uh, short of going negative, when, once you get close to zero, there's not much lower that you can go. If inflation returns, if rates even just go back to normal, that increase in interest rates will cause bond prices to go down correspondingly. So you're, you're, you're literally talking about locking your money in for long time periods. And I'll use treasuries here because those are the, and I'm using air quotes, safest assets. But a 10-year treasury is yielding about six-tenths of a percent. Are you interested in locking up money for 10 years for six-tenths of a percent? And does that actually help you achieve your goal and your income needs? And, and the answer is probably no. That, that's, that is so low that now if you're the government and you're borrowing $25 trillion, this is fantastic because your cost of borrowing is fantastically low. But if you're on the receiving end and you're lending to the treasury, you're you're getting very little return. And if these rates go back up, your bond prices will suffer dramatically. And that's not a attractive combination to any new retiree. Beyond that, well, the stock market is, you know, historically, it, if you can get dividend stocks and a little bit of growth, a little bit of value and, and stay diversified, that ought to help you increase your purchasing power, keep up with inflation, give you some dividends that you can live off of in the meantime. But in this environment, what have we got right now? COVID, China tensions, the upcoming election, what's going to happen to tax rates? Everything has become political. We've got riots and, and protests across the country. And the economic data and news that could come rolling in from the, the coronavirus shutdown looks a little scary. So how much stock and, and equity exposure you want to have. Well, if you're a little bit nervous, this is not a very appealing market uh, to be rushing into, particularly on the short and intermediate term. Again, I have good faith in the 
market over long time periods. But what do you do with the chunk of money that you want to be safe, get a respectable return, or uh, as the famous Will Rogers quote says, I'm not so much interested in the return on my money as I am in the return of my money. You know, so what we want to do is stop you from losing money. And if you get a little bit of, of positive return, that would be fine. Those characteristics just don't clearly exist in real estate and stocks and bonds. And you know, even uh, CDs are, are paying a fraction of a percent. So, so the idea of, you know, you bury money in the mason jar in the backyard, you can put some CDs and cash at the bank. Uh, none of these things are getting you the returns that you need. But if you want to have a balance to your portfolio, if you want to have a secure base and in the long term be able to increase your purchasing power, uh, that that's important because people are having longer retirements. Social security funding is strained. And what they're going to do to make up the shortfall is you know, it's probably going to be raising taxes. Healthcare costs are rising and, and have certainly outstripped inflation. And as people are living longer, uh, these, these costs and, and the cost of all these programs is, is increasing with it. And I think what we're going to see now with the coronavirus shutdown and hardships that some people are having, a lot of people are actually going to retire early. They're going to start claiming Social Security earlier. And it's going to actually accelerate and compound some of these same same problems that we're we're talking about. I kind of feel like uh, we're in the movies, and um, you know, it's the Goonies or something like that, and we're out on this platform, and uh, we we try to take a step forward, and the ground just falls out from underneath us, and the lava is below, and then we turn over to our left to try and escape that way, and there's you know a shark infested waters on that side, and then we turn to our right, and it's the people that have been chasing us through the tunnels, like pinching in on us, like it's like everywhere you turn, there's huge danger everywhere in the in the economic landscape right now. It's a bit overwhelming. In the short run, it's definitely overwhelming. Now, again, I, like I said, over long hauls and longer time periods, I have less concern that, well, no, I have confidence, let's say, that things will work out, things will progress. We've been through a lot the last 10, 20, 50, 100 years. Just in the 20 years I've been doing this, I've watched September 11 and Enron WorldCom and the dot-com bubble and the financial crisis and, and now Corona. So I, I do know that economies and, and markets persist and survive and adapt and, and all that. But what we're looking for is just a element of, of safety and return. And so there's a group of you know, products that need need to be looked at. And, and let me just say real quick, I think we've stumbled on a, a little bit of a generation gap. I miss the Goonies. I never saw that movie, but my wife, who's a little bit younger than me, that she's always referencing that movie. So I, I may have to subject myself to watching that Oh yeah, that you got to see the Goonies. And, and see the, and that is interesting about the gap though, because the Goonies, I really, was really before my time just by a little bit, but you know, through reruns and things like that, my generation was able to kind of like hang on to it and catch it as well. So interesting yeah, that there, well, it did come I'm, in kind of a little gap between us, but. I, I've got all the bare naked ladies uh, <laughs> song references, but the, the Goonies, I, I'm sorry, I wasn't with you on that one, but I, I get the, uh, I get the concept. The, the idea. Pl- plug in any adventure movie. We, we could throw Indiana Jones in there. You know, he's he's got threats coming at him from all sides. How about that? 
Yeah, indeed. So in, anyway, the, there is a, a combination of, I'll call them packaged products or uh, synthetic type uh, investments. And that sounds like a fancy word, I know, but there is a investment strategy that in normal times might not look as appealing because it has some complexity and maybe some cost or some uh, limited upsides. It may have some periods where you have like holding time periods that you have to uh, allow to have these work. But the the basic strategy is is called indexing, and they use a combination of bonds and options. And then the I don't want to get into a whole lesson on options here, but the income that you get from the bonds and then the premiums that you receive from selling certain options allow them to to purchase uh, another type of option that gives you a range in which you can, you know, over a year or two years or three years, as much as five years, you can set up a structure where you can give yourself some upside, but limit the downside. And you can put caps and and spreads on all these things and and all of the different options that are out there in, in available structured products, fixed index annuities. They're names that people may have heard of or or don't necessarily understand because they are very complex products. And the critics will say, you know, these are derivative based, these are options based strategies. But the options market have been working beautifully for agriculture and farmers they've they've been using uh, commodity futures for you know decades if not longer stock options have very solid and and long histories of being a place for people to either take on risk or to mitigate or eliminate risk and there's there's this constant balance of people who want to speculate and people who want to hedge and so the the options market is a place that that can happen and if you combine the right assets, indexes, and options, you can actually create structures where you can get a limit or even a stop to your downside. In other words, you can you can hold your, your balance in a worst case scenario. So even if the market goes down, you can protect your principal. That sounds pretty appealing. But if the market goes up, well, I would like to go up, and but I'm not going to be greedy in this environment. So if I got 50% of the market upside, or if I got up to 9% of the market upside, I would be happy with that return. That meets my goal. And it's not so much about trying to beat the market or get all of the upside. It's really about trying to protect the downside while getting a respectable return that meets your goal and satisfies your financial objective. So in the past, I would Again, because of the complexity, because of the cost and and the education factor, I've avoided over not not entirely, but I've, I've overwhelmingly avoided or not had to really explore these products. But I'm coming back to them, and and I've had a, a couple of conversations this week with uh, providers and 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 experts in the area, and it's something that is not as suitable for all of your portfolio. You shouldn't go put. All, all of your money into any one of these strategies. But for 10 or 20 or 30% of the portfolio, these can begin to make a lot of sense. And as we've talked about previously in regard to the concept of gamma or the manager value added, uh, investment advisor value added, this is a risk management piece that can allow you to take some longer term risks with part of your portfolio to get the increase in purchasing power, but preserve a 
enough of your portfolio that you can get through maybe the next five or 10 years that you've got a, a sensible place that you've structured and, and laddered in, in some money where if the market is good to us, we'll have some upside. If the market is terrible in the short term or we have some volatility, you know you're protected on the downside. And that concept is more appealing in this environment. So it's often, a, you know, the pursuit of someone to seek that that one product that's going to solve all of the ailments, all of the problems that they are facing, when really it's about the whole strategy coming together to help solve these kinds of problems. If you, if you just look to one product to fix it all, that's kind of a fool's errand. But if you use the strategies and kind of attack it from multiple angles, from multiple directions, uh, you can be in a much better position. Yeah, understand where it fits in what proportion it fits. And the really great thing now is, uh, in particularly in the structured products area, that mix of investments really uh, was getting popularized in the early 2000s, let's call it 2005 to 10, where I, you, you started seeing a lot of the big investment banking companies packaging these things up. And and, and they, they were, some of them were good, some of them were garbage, but uh, they had their genesis there. Well, now it's to the point where uh, there, there's so much market efficiency and liquidity out there that I can actually go to a, a provider and l- lay out the parameters of what I would like my specific note or product to do. And they can price and build a customized product for me for you know in, in as little as 500000 to a million dollars, not for one client, but across my entire client base. Uh, it becomes a potential solution that I can actually go in and set the parameters, get decent pricing, and do it in a structure where I'm not you know, being behind the scenes taken advantage of because I don't have visibility of the pricing. So another topic for another day, Walter, but uh, suffice it to say there are options. This is something that people should at least look at. And while it's a little bit of a wonky topic, uh, there there are are some advantages to be had, and it's le- at least worth a conversation. If you're new to the show or happen to miss some of the recent episodes, I encourage you to go back and check out episodes 26 and 27. When we talk a little bit more about this kind of concept, we do explore the concept of uh, insurance products a little bit more and how their security, if selected in the right way for your situation and not for just commissionable reasons for a salesperson, might be a fit, kind of where they fit into that full planning picture. So again, go back and check out episodes 26 and 27 if you want to hear more on that. Brian, we talk about planning with you and the team at the end of pretty much every show, but what if somebody's thinking to themselves, well, I just don't know if I'd be a good fit to work with with you. Obviously, you don't end up working with you know everybody who reaches out or calls or who might ever think about planning for retirement. So how would somebody know if they might be a good candidate or a good fit to work with you and your team and, and might be benefited by a relationship like that? Yeah, something that we have created and used for people who've expressed an interest. It's a little quiz or a, a scorecard, if you will, that we've created called the Retirement Mindset Quiz. And it's a 10 questionnaire, uh, for lack of a better word, or, or 10 question exercise that you can do online. And based on your answers, it's, it's yes, no questions. We'll ask you 10 different questions. It's, it's either yes or no. If you answer, you know, all of them as as uh, knows, then you know, maybe you're 
not a good fit because you've got everything taken care of. If you answer yes to a half or, or half a dozen of the, the questions, there may be a lot of areas where we can help you. We've typically made that quiz available for clients who were onboarding, but we would like to make it available to people who are listening or want to share this with, with somebody. And it's available on our website. And we'll put a link in the description of today's show where you can go and access that little quiz and find out if you'd be a good fit to work with Brian and the team. Again, it's the Retirement Mindset Quiz. We'll put a link to it in the description of today's show, and it'll also be on the homepage at livingworth.com. That's livingworth.com if you just want to go directly there and check it out as well. Well, Brian, that's very cool and very helpful to uh, get this information. Now I know the rest of the day I'm going to have if I had a million dollars stuck in my head. <laughs> I haven't listened to that song in many, many years, though, so it's not a bad one to get stuck in the head because it's been a while since that one's come up. So I, I thank you today for reintroducing the uh, Bare Naked Ladies into my life. Well, and, and I may, uh, on the way home, run by the uh, uh, the gas station and grab a couple lottery tickets and see if I can win a million dollars and there you go. figure there out you what go. I would uh, do for fun with it. That's right. Uh, don't take that as financial uh, guidance, folks, by the way. Full disclaimer. Don't no, 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 no. <laughs> like they say, uh, the, the lottery is a tax on people who are bad at math. That's right. That's right. Yes. Don't, don't take that as part of the rest of the show in terms of uh, help and guidance uh, today. So, Couple bucks. Couple bucks. Couple bucks. There you go. Yeah, just inspired by the song. There you go. If you had a million dollars, what would you do? It's a fun question to ask when you're a kid. It's an important question to ask when you've actually earned it and uh, are in retirement or approaching it and thinking about how do you protect it, how do you make it work for the rest of your life. And hopefully today's show gives you some food for thought on that idea. For Brian Doe, I'm Walter Storholt. Hope you have a great week, and we'll talk to you again soon right back here on Make the Doe Rise. Make the Dough Rise is brought to you by Living Worth Wealth Advisors with a central office in Greensboro, Georgia, but serving the Lake Country and beyond. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your favorite podcasting apps. Subscribe today and never miss an episode. Just search for Make the Dough Rise with Brian Doe. You can also visit MakeTheDoughRise.com to listen to recent episodes. If you'd like to contact the show or schedule a complimentary financial review with Brian and the team, just go to MakeTheDoughRise.com and get in touch through the website or call 706-451-9800. Thanks for listening to Make the Dough Rise. Investment advisory services offered through Main Street Financial Solutions, LLC. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accurateness and completeness cannot be guaranteed.